This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Friday, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy March 20th. You made it to the end of the longest week ever. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with aspiring NCAA basketball simulation broadcaster, Jason Shepard. Look, uh, you've got to find any way you can to hone your skills. And by the way, that's with two Zs. Mm-hmm. And if the simulation game is the only way to do that right now, I'm all for it. Former BYU All-American Michael Smith, this is not a joke, broadcasted BYU's game yesterday for real with a 2008 NCAA basketball game from EA Sports. BYU, Indiana. He, they literally did live play-by-play to a simulated game. This is and how why far wouldn't we've you? come. It, why wouldn't you? Bless him for doing this because that sounds awesome right now. That sounds truly awesome to be able to do that right now. Hey, Mike, if you need uh, a guy to step in and be your sideline reporter for one of those simulation broadcasts. Shep's your guy right here. Just saying, I'm available. <laughs> Put you in front of a green screen with the game playing yeah. behind you. <laughs> All right, let's take it next level. Why not? We might as well take this as far as we possibly can take it. Let's go next level. Mike Smith, a former All-American, and we have an All-American show lineup for you today. The brand-new BYU football running backs coach, Harvey Unga, will join us live. What's item number one on his agenda after his new promotion? The head coach of BYU's top 10 women's track and field program, Dilji Taylor, will join us. How are she and her team coping with this unique sports layoff? Plus, Jimmer Fredette, a 16 seed in the greatest players of March Madness bracket. Ridiculous. Come on, what's that all about? Uh, I know what we are all about. That's your Friday BYUSN headlines. Beginning with hypothetical awesomeness. Jason briefly referenced it. BYU men's basketball advancing to the second round in Joe Lenardi's fictional NCAA tournament after defeating Indiana 78-61 in Albany. Oh yeah, locations and all. <laughs> I believe Dan Shulman and Jay Billis were on the call, as a matter of fact, in this hypothetical bracket. This is both awesome and sad. The Cougars <laughs> led 40-21 at halftime according to Lenardi. BYU shoots 16 for 28 from the three-point line, best three-point shooting team in America, and advance to a round of 32 showdown with Seton Hall on Saturday. That game will be simulated in Lenardi's announced time slot on Saturday afternoon. Oh, my goodness. This is just so bizarre. Former Cougar Michael Davis received a second-round tender from the Los Angeles Chargers. Davis played and started in 12 games for the Bolts, finishing with 39 tackles and two interceptions. Davis went undrafted in 2017. He's entering his fourth season in the National Football League. I had a chance to speak with him after a BYU basketball game. I think it was the St. Mary's game where TJ hit the game winner. Yes. Uh, He's doing really well. Yeah, he and uh, and his son were at the game. Um, It's really exciting to watch him progress from a situation where he wasn't exactly happy at the end of his yes. BYU career now to starting in the but NFL. Starting in the NFL. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Speaking of the NFL, an impressive former BYU quarterback great and current New Orleans Saint Swiss Army Knife, Taysom Hill is the only restricted free agent in the National Football League 
to receive a first-round tender from his team. Hill also currently hanging out in Utah County. He went through Bam Bam's Barbecue drive-thru yesterday. (laughs) It was a social media event. A guy with a first-round tender seeking some tender brisket, Jason. Mm. Hill's career numbers for the Saints include 119 yards passing, 352 yards rushing, and 238 yards receiving, and a couple of blocked punts and some kickoff returns and a blocked field goal. You know, he's your typical NFL player. The, the man literally can do everything, including enjoying some tender brisket. Yeah. Uh-huh. Look, let's be honest. There's not many things that can't be fixed when the solution is tender brisket. <laughs> yeah, my wallet knows it because I spent <laughs> 70 bucks there this week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jeremy and I went there for lunch. And it was delicious. <laughs> Senior golfer Peter Quest has decided not to return to BYU. Quest won 10 tournaments during his BYU career. He was ranked the number one golfer in the fall of 2019 and set a school record, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Peter Quest set a program record 69.42 single season stroke average this season. That is just that is insane. Ridiculous. That is insane. And obviously, this guy was destined for the PGA Tour. He was so dominant as a collegiate golfer. We wish him nothing but the best of luck as he moves on to the PGA. Yes, uh, I know there are several stages in qualifying to get your PGA Tour card. Peter's going to do it. Yes. It's inevitable. He will do it. Yes. So steely smooth on the tee box and just in his game, his temperament. The guy double eagled in the first round of the NCAA championships on hole number one, didn't play as well as he wanted to the rest of the round. And his coach, Todd Miller, was like, Peter, you double eagled the first hole. And he's like, yeah, but I sucked the rest of the round. Like, he just <laughs> it just doesn't care. It's amazing. You need that consistency uh, and that temperament to be great on tour. So. I fully expected to hear the Jerem Jordan sound effect of the eagle. Yeah, no. The turkey or eagle or whatever it is he don't does. Encourage, don't encourage our audio specialist, Jason. No. He double. Okay, let's do that again. He double eagled. <laughs> yes, the eagle and the turkey. And combined. the turkey, yes. Solid. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. There's a new football coach on staff. He is the running backs coach, Harvey Unga, a name that BYU fans are all too familiar with. He's been on the staff since 2016 as a graduate assistant, has helped out with linebackers and several other positions. But now he's in his wheelhouse, Jason, as the running backs coach. What is your reaction to BYU hiring Harvey Unga as the new RB's coach. Uh, this is what I assumed would happen. This makes the most sense. Of, and, and certainly you're going you're gonna to open up a, a wide net and, and look outside internally. But it always seemed like Harvey Unga was kind of destined to do this. As you mentioned, he's been around the program. He's certainly been around these guys. And he's been helping A.J. Stewart, who's now at, at Arizona as the running backs coach uh, with the Wildcats. He's been in that room working with these guys. And he paid his dues. He's paid his dues, worked his way up the chain, and now has been put into a position that, that he's earned. And 
I don't think that you can take away the familiarity part of this. And I don't mean that there's just comfort there. I mean, he knows the skill set of these guys. They know what it's like to work with Harvey. And then on top of it all, his pedigree as a player speaks for itself. When you've got a guy, now now it's been surpassed by Jamal Williams, but he was the leading rusher in BYU history. The numbers that he put up as a BYU Cougar were insane. He was dominating and so the fact that you've got a guy like that that on the field was so prolific that can go back to and it's not that long ago that Harvey played you know he can he has the experiences he knows what these guys are going through and I think that familiarity helps especially with a very young running backs room you you've got I mean Lopini's a junior but you've got so many guys coming in that are sophomores and freshmen that are going to be in that running back room. I, I think this is this is what I assumed would happen, and I assumed it would happen because it was the right move. I'm excited for Harvey because he's paid his dues. He's been around the program for a long time, and this doesn't always work out. Typically, you have to be a graduate assistant and then go somewhere else, yeah. if not two places before you want to get back to the place you really want to be. Harvey clearly wants to be at BYU. So this is kind of the culmination of a lot of patience and the right opportunity at the right time. Now, the challenge for Harvey is going to be the grind of now being a full-time position coach, which includes so much recruiting, Jason. That is the key. Recruiting is the lifeblood of a program, especially like BYU. This will be a new challenge for Harvey to now have to take on that venture. And he is a family man. And he's, t- he's running some other businesses for crying out loud. So he's got a lot and of And his wife going. is an assistant coach for the women's basketball team at UVU. They both, that, that's a very interesting dynamic where both parents will probably have recruiting duties. Yes, they're so busy. So him being able to balance and handle this new level of the recruiting grind is going to be essential to how successful he is. So I'm excited for Harvey. I'm excited to see him accept this new challenge. And we'll start to see some of the fruits of that uh, in a couple of years. But A.J. Stewart did not leave him with a bare cupboard. Yes, they are young to a degree, but Lopini Katoa is an experienced yep. back. And he inherits Run DHC, a graduate transfer that BYU fans are all hoping is at least somewhat similar to Tyson Williams. They're different backs, but it's the same scenario of, okay, we need this guy to come in in his final year and dominate. BYU wants and needs Run DHC to be the number one guy with Lopini Katoa a close second. So Harvey has that going for him. That should help. We'll start to see, uh, again, what he's doing and if this is working in year two and three when he starts to develop some of these younger guys after the graduate transfers leave. Well, and if you're Harvey Unga or anybody in the running backs room, it's a good time to be a running back because of the offensive line that you're going to have in front of you. We talk a lot about just how impressive this offensive line is, and you've got guys that are going to – got two guys on the line that will start that will play in the National Football League in MP and Christensen, and, and who knows who else. But the fact that you've got that in front of you helping you block, I, I, that's, it's a great situation to be in if you're Harvey as the coach of the running backs or if you're a running back yourself. All right, let's keep it rolling. Yeah, whether it brings you joy or sorrow – ESPN's Joe Lenardi, as we brought up, began giving results yesterday based on the simulation of the NCAA tournament. It included halftime scores, final scores, and then some key stats in that game. Mm-hmm. We've added a few stats as yes. well. Oh, oh, we're having some fun with this. <laughs> the six-seeded BYU Cougars 
yesterday faced the 11 seed Indiana Hoosiers in Albany, New York. After leading by a score of 40 to 21 at the half, the Cougars advanced with a 78 to 61 win behind 16 made threes. Spencer, how does BYU moving on in a fictional tourney make you feel? Well, it makes me smile at first, especially at Joe Lenardi's tweet, who at the end of the tweet, or in the middle of the tweet, throws some shade at Archie Miller, who <laughs> compared bracketologists to Sesame Street characters, yeah. acting weird and saying outlandish things just so they can get people to watch. So I love the shade that Lenardi threw back <laughs> at Archie Miller, Indiana's coach. Um, it's fun. You know, it, it makes me smile. And I go through varying degrees of emotions because you will always wonder what if BYU had actually played a team like Indiana, a power five team from the heralded big 10, which was supposed to get like every team in their conference into the tournament, because this is the best year ever for the big 10. But to see BYU beat a team like that, and then him throw out numbers like 16 made three pointers, Lenardi was dialed into BYU and the Cougars' potential to make a run in this tournament. So, yeah, initially makes me smile. Jake Toulson, uh, amidst those 16 three-pointers, apparently made six of them, Jason. Look, six from 11, look, for 11 from tr- beyond the arc. Try and, try and find these stats to prove us wrong that this didn't happen, okay? Yoli Childs, 18 points, 10 rebounds, another double-double from <laughs> the machine. Five assists because Indiana opted to double-team him in the post, so he's passing out to guys like Toulson and Great TJ detail. Hawes. TJ made four threes. And Gavin Baxter, yeah, Jason, with Ga- an appearance. Yeah, Gavin Baxter with a five, five, and five. Five points, five rebounds, and five. Blocks yeah. doing it on both ends. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And we've got uh, the BYU Cougars in their white jerseys to prove <laughs> just how good they were making three pointers. Although that arena in Albany looks a whole lot like the Marriott Center. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Maybe that's why BYU felt so comfortable. Look, with absolutely no live sports to speak of, this did bring me some joy. It brought Jerem probably the most joy. Once the game was a final, he jumped up, he ran out of our office, he was fake high-fiving everybody because of social distancing, of course. He had to take a day off. He, had, he was so excited he needed to recover today uh, because of that. Look, you, you knew after the disappointment of losing the WCC tournament game to St. Mary's, BYU's going to come out. And what are they going to do? They're going to go to the strength. What's been the strength to go to the entire season? It's been shooting. 16 threes. That's what, that's what happens. And now they're facing Seton Hall. Now, here's the reality of this. If BYU loses to Seton Hall on Saturday Not in an happy. entirely hypothetical scenario, BYU fans will legitimately be bothered. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to hypothetically be real upset, by the way. If BYU doesn't get to at least a Sweet 16, it'll be like, come on, Lenardi. You, really? What are you talking about? We already know they're going to the championship game. Well, according to ESPN's BPI, yes. But how closely will Lenardi's simulations follow what BPI projected? BYU losing to Wisconsin. TJ has is still mad about that game as well. (laughs) I love it so much. Our question of the day. How does BYU moving on in a fictional NCAA tournament make you feel? Tell us how you really feel. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. B-Royal Blue Coog answers on Twitter. (laughs) Wonderful, awful. Wait, I mean terribly excellent is how I feel. Wait, sorry, I meant to say miserably ecstatic. (laughs) Um, Excitedly indifferent? I guess I'm torn. Hashtag quarantine confusion. Hashtag socially emotional distancing. (laughs) That's a well-played tweet. Look, we all need some sort of sports. And if we're going to get it in the simulation game, then I'm going to take it. I will take that. It really is better than nothing. Look, here's the deal. I'd rather win a simulation game than lose it. 
Okay? <laughs> I think we all feel that way. Coming up, Michael Davis receives a second-round tender from the Chargers. And new BYU running backs coach Harvey Unga in person. What is his first item of business after the promotion? He's going to tell us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Beginning Monday, you are going to help us crown the best play of the year in our BYU Sports Nation best play bracket. It's going to be the top eight football plays versus the top eight basketball plays. Tune in Monday on how to vote as we play out the bracket. Now that's a bracket that I can get on board with. Shameless plug for our own bracket amidst the millions of brackets. But we need you to sound off on that. We are live from Studio B on a Friday. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Teamed up with Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. Third man on the desk now is the new BYU football running backs coach, Harvey Unga. Harvey, welcome to Studio B. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being with us uh, in a very unique, frankly strange time. Uh, how are you occupying your time these days with a new promotion but no live sports? Um, a lot of Madden and Smash <laughs> Brothers with the kids. Um, no, we honestly, it's it's been it's been fun. Um, it's like definitely weird, just trying to transition into this thing. Um, but I, I'm not gonna lie, it's it's it has been fun to to spend a lot of time with the kids and and just you know. Hang out with them. Like we're, a lot of time, we're outside, just hanging out at the park, or riding bikes, or doing something outside. And then, if we're not out there, like I said, we're probably inside playing Smash Brothers or um, Madden or something like inside. And then, I can't count how many board games we've played <laughs> over the last two days. All those board so games that never got played. Now they're finally paying off. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. You actually invested in something that you're going to use. Definitely. We're going to yeah. play The Floor is Lava when I get home today. Ooh. Apparently, it's a new game. I don't know. So. We've played that. <laughs> We've played that. So as individuals, we're obviously going to all handle something like this differently, and it's something we've never had to deal with before. How did you handle that initial reaction when you realized that essentially the sports world was was being put on hold? I was crying a little bit. <laughs> no, it, um, I don't know. It, it, was, it was tough because, like, not being able to watch sports, like in my head, I'm thinking, like, man, how many reruns, like, am I going to be watching of sports? And and especially during like March Madness, like that was that was a killer because I I love basketball, like that's that's one of my biggest loves. And and you know, with my wife and her um, their tournament and everything like that, it was it was kind of crazy to to see everything shut down. And um, yeah, it was just just a weird time. And, and I mean, still is. It's it's weird, just you know, sitting here in spring and thinking, man, I don't, like I'm not coaching football, I'm not watching any other sports, just kind of trying to figure out what to do with my time, and and um, especially now with this position, it's it's been I don't know, it's been crazy, but um, definitely has helped me, I guess, kind of get comfortable with the role and everything like that. Everything's pretty slow, so I'm adjusting, you know, pretty easy, and then. Um, it's definitely helped me out as far as watching film of, of recruits and, and, you know, really diving into that whole part of this position. It's It's been, I don't know, it's, it's different, but it's also been, I don't know, for me, I think it's been a blessing in disguise. 
Yeah. Let's talk about the timeline of you officially receiving the job and what that has been like uh, in terms of your current role in this very unique circumstance. So uh, let's rewind at the moment you found out. How did you find out and when did you find out that you had the job? Um, was it Wednesday, Wednesday evening? Yeah. Connie, uh, Connie gave me a call and, um, just, yeah, congratulated me and said, Hey, you know, this thing's going through and, and just proud of you for the hard work and, you know, everything that you've done. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm excited for this and let's, let's get it going. And then, um, yeah. So that night he gave me that call and then yesterday morning, um, was when I, I came in and, I've uh, kind of, I don't know, going through the NFL and, and seeing that kind of stuff, like, I don't ever believe anything until there's a contract <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> so I was like, ah, sounds good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, when everything was said and done yesterday morning, I, I you know was able to sign all the paperwork and everything. Then that's when I was like, holy cow, this is, like, this is real, yeah. So this may sound like somewhat of an obvious question, but you certainly had responsibilities with this group as a GA, and you've been involved in things, obviously. What's the biggest difference from being in that position as a GA and now being the guy? Honestly, um, I don't really take a ton of things off of my plate from being the GA to being the the full-time guy and and, – I don't know the, the coaches know like I, the title might have changed, but like what I did as a GA and my work ethic and everything else, it's going to be the same. Like I'll, I'm, there's nothing beneath me. I'll I'll continue to do whatever GA work I need to do as well as you know the full time stuff I need to do. So um, I think the the biggest difference is the recruiting part, and um, and then yeah, I mean taking over the room and and coaching the backs with my own flavor and, and, you know, being able to actually like dive into this thing the way that I want to do it. And, and, um, just, yeah, I mean, taking over everything now, it's, it's been a different adjustment and different change, but, um, fortunately coach two was super helpful and, and, you know, grooming me into this position and, and, um, was a great help and all that. So I, I appreciate him for that. And I'm, I'm, I'm just excited for this. Harvey Uma with us on BYU Sports Nation. You talk about adding your own flavor to the room. I hope that within that flavor includes the energy that was exuded in a picture posted by Eric Mateos yesterday who said, mood for 2020, and then brought up a picture of you, fully engaged, super intense. Harvey, I I want this type of energy when you go in the running backs room. Is that fair? Uh, Definitely. These guys know. I, I, I mean... The the player in me definitely there, there's a side that I I feel that it kind of translates into the coach in me, um, and these guys know like when when I'm coaching I, I that passion definitely comes out I feel the same way you know coaching as I do when I was playing and 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 they feel it they I I hope they feel it and and I try my best to you know just continue to have that same kind of passion because even though I don't have the pads on I'm not able to hit anybody it's I still feel that I feel like I I want to hit somebody I want to like you know have that that same kind of drive and passion and stuff and 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 use it through through coaching and then just to see them like succeed and 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 do well like to me that's it's it's fun that that's where I get I get passionate about it how aware 
are your players of your playing days and and your accomplishments? Um, Do they realize how much of a stud <laughs> that you were as a player? Honestly, I, I don't I don't know. I don't really talk to them about it. Hey, we'll talk to them. Yeah, we'll bring, <laughs> it up. bring them in. Bring them in. No, we'll do all that I, for you. No, I honestly, I I mean, I I get they know who I am, but I don't I don't I don't know. We don't ever talk about it. I don't talk about when I was playing or whatever. And and if anything, I like if I do refer to the whenever I was playing, it's majority of the time it's more about my teammates. And and the way that they played and and um, yeah, more so about other guys. But I don't I don't know I don't really. It's probably bad, but I don't really care to talk too much about when I was playing. <laughs> All you need is one still frame picture: the one of you running over Robert Johnson, not Steve Tate, <laughs> but running over Robert Johnson against Utah uh, about a decade ago. Just just have that picture mounted in your wall. Point to that whenever they question anything. It's. Yeah, I I love those guys. Steve knows I love him. Robert <laughs> knows I love him. Um, and with as far as the pictures go, they they know how I feel about that. I've told them too that at, at my house, I don't have any football stuff of me or anything like that. A lot of it is more mom and her her playing days, and then um, their uncle who who played and and stuff like that. But I think yeah, I'd be a hypocrite if I. Told them to put a picture up of me because I don't even have any in my house. So I may have more pictures of you at my house than you have at yours. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so for, I may have just I may have just shared awkward, too much. It's a truth bomb happening yeah, right here. Uh-huh. Okay, so from a logistical standpoint, obviously under normal circumstances, spring football is going on right now, and you're around the guys. Yeah. Logistically, what type of contact can you have with players right now, or can you? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we were able to contact them and, and, um, there's a group thread with the running backs that that we're on and I keep in touch with them every day and, and they know like nothing as far as the expectations, nothing's changed. Um, to me, I, I, I'm still in spring ball mode, so I'm kind of diving into, you know, Hey, you know, remember these things and as far as the runs go and passes go, um, just, you know, their their jobs. And then they're, they're still in school, as weird as that is. So I'm, they probably hate it and they're probably sick of me, but I'm hounding on them about their academics. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm in touch with them every day. And, the, and all the coaches, like the offensive staff, you know, the, everyone's in touch with the players. And um, it's, I mean, it's the day, that, day and age we live in. So we're using technology to the best of our ability and, and FaceTiming guys. And um, just, you know, when we can, we'll send them videos and, and, and cut-ups of plays and um, just different things for them to stay engaged in the game and make sure that, you know, they're still on top of everything. And then, like I said, I probably bugged them way too much about school, but I mean, I got, I have to, it's, it's tough. So. Okay, let's talk about what you inherit in the cupboard, starting with your graduate transfer, Devontae Henry Cole, a lightning round of sorts. Uh, when I say Devontae Henry Cole, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Speed. Speed. I mean, th- there's been numerous people that I've been able to come in contact with that know him um, on, on, obviously, the football level, and that's the first thing they say. So then watching his film, I can see it. I mean, the uh, the kid has – he's got speed, but the only thing – I think people have a misconception about that is they don't I think they don't think that if you have speed then you're probably not a 
strong or you know physical back. Yeah, not but physical back. Yeah, that's not the case. The kid's physical. He's strong as heck. He's physical. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited for him. And and I think one of the other guys too that that people had probably a similar misconception is Siona Finau. You know, not not the biggest guy in the room, but if you watch the way he plays, the kid's tough. He he's strong. Um, very rarely in this past season would you ever see him get hit and and fall backwards and that's something i think that's a a rare trait and quality for running backs to have like if if you have the ability to fall forward every single time you're getting tackled i i mean as a running back and and you know me watching other running backs and and trying to evaluate them that's something that i i really appreciate and and i mean you hear it all the time it's a game of inches and that kind of trait where you can fall forward every single time you're you're getting tackled it it, it matters so and you and Jamal Williams kind of made that your mantra, <laughs> BYU for sure, not losing yards. Um, and hopefully Sione's uh, progression from his knee injury is going well. Yeah, he's doing great. He's doing really good. Um, he's he's moving along. I think he's moving along a lot faster than I anticipated. So I, I'm excited for him, and he'll uh, he'll be ready. He'll be ready when the time comes, and you know when the season rolls around. Praying we have a season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, for that. seriously, we we all are. Um, but he'll he'll be good, and I'm excited for all these guys, Devontae and and you know all the backs that are that are in there now, and the ones that are coming in. It's it'll be fun, and I'm I'm just excited for you know the the challenge and and the the blessing of this to be around these young men and, and hopefully help them just grow as as far as football goes, but you know their life away from football too. Hopefully, I can help them out some way somehow because. My running back coach to this day, like I, I talk to him, you know, as often as I can, and definitely somebody that, that molded me into, you know, a better person. And hopefully, at the end of all this, that that's what I want. Like, I mean, all the coaches that I that I coach with now, Coach Grimes, A. Rod, Fess, Clarky, Mateos, like even Coach Pew, I, I keep in touch with. But um, definitely guys that have helped me just be a better person, a better coach, better husband. Um, I mean. Blair Peterson, Spencer Patterson, like yeah. all those guys, JD, Dallas, everyone that I've been around and work with and hoping I can, you know, do the same for these young men and try to, I don't know, bring bring us back to those fun days when we were putting up points every game and, and you know, win, winning. Let's go. Winning as much as we can. Let's do yeah. it. Let's I'm, do I'm it. excited. Let's just get Haka Harvey out there. Okay, <laughs> let's go, man. I might pull a muscle if I try to do that now, man. Congrats on the promotion, man, and thanks for coming in. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. You got it. Appreciate it. Coming up, Coach Dilji Taylor from track and cross country. How can the pain of losing the season motivate this group moving forward? And Taysom Hill's very unique free agency situation. Why he literally is unlike any other NFL free agent. This is BYU Sports Nation. Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We're rolling on a Friday, BYU Sports Nation. Alongside Jason Shepard, I'm Spencer Linton. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. BYU advancing to the second round of... Joe Lenardi's fictional NCAA tournament. Woo! After defeating Indiana, we're going to take it. 78-61. The Cougars shot 16 of 28 from three. It's just what BYU does. They will face Seton Hall in the round of 32 on Saturday. Beat the Pirates. Jimmer. For debt. 
is a 16 seed. It's ridiculous. Facing number one seed Christian Leitner, of all people. We'll find out if the nation really does hate Christian Leitner. <laughs> that was on the other night. In this greatest college basketball player of all time bracket. Jimmer looking to pull the UMBC upset over Virginia, if you will. Ah, uh, yes. And having some more fun with all of the brackets that are out there, and they are plentiful. Number one seed Danny Ainge's game winner in 1981 is taking on James Forrest's buzzer beater in the greatest March Madness moments of all time bracket. Also, the 10 seed, which is Jim Romania back in 2011, mm-hmm. takes on 7 seed Ali Farouk Manesh's dagger in 2010 in the same region. Northern Iowa. Yes. Come on, Jim or over. That, uh, Ali Farouk Manesh, I mean... The innards that he had to take to that take shot, shot and make the shot, yes. impressive. But Jimmermania, again, I think that's understated It's a as whole well. event versus on. one shot. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, go vote. Have <laughs> your say, people. Jimmer the pole, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cougars in the NFL. Former Cougar Michael Davis received a second-round tender from the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. Davis played and started <laughs> in 12 games for the Bolts, had 39 tackles, two interceptions, what a story. Davis, undrafted in 2017, now entering his fourth NFL season as a starter. Taysom Hill is the only restricted free agent in the National Football League to receive a first-round tender from his team. During his three-year career with the Saints, Taysom has recorded 119 passing yards, 352 yards rushing, and 238 receiving yards. Golf. BYU senior Peter Quest will forego a return to BYU and uh, his senior season, understandably, and will now turn pro. He won 10 tournaments at BYU, which is just wild, ranked the number one golfer in all the land in the fall of 2019. Good luck to Peter, and congratulations on an outstanding BYU career. We do have one other side note. LMU has hired a new basketball coach to compete with Mark Pope and the BYU boys. His name is Stan Johnson. He is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, associate head coach at Marquette. Now he takes over in Los Angeles and for the LMU Lions. So uh, an interesting church tie there yeah. for uh, Stan Johnson. Absolutely. And look, LMU is one of those places. I mean, you're in you're in L.A. If you don't know where LMU is, it's if you've ever been to LAX, it's if you have a strong enough arm, you can throw a baseball and hit it. I mean, it's not that close, but it's close <laughs> enough where it's it's not a bad analogy. It's really close. You should be able to recruit to LMU, and we've seen obviously some good talent come through that program. Uh, yeah, and yeah, getting a guy like Stan Johnson from Marquette—that's a that's a that nice cool. hire. Yeah, no, BYU fans were aware of him when BYU was searching for a coach before the Mark Pope hire, and uh, if and when that time ever comes again in Provo, his name will certainly be in the mix. Coming up, Danny Ainge, coast to coast, a number one seed. We will discuss. Now, yeah, that that is something that seems more appropriately yes. seeded. Yes. Plus, BYU women's track and field coach Dilji Taylor, how is she staying positive amidst this unique form of March Madness? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Want to relive some of the great games from the past year or from years past? Yes. We all do. Go to BYUtv.org or the BYU TV app. 
where you have access to the BYU TV library of games. I have already taken advantage of that many times. Jason, uh, to answer your question, yes, uh, we all want to relive those because we're to the point where we are now watching simulated video games <laughs> from the year 2008 of BYU and Indiana competing in a fictional NCAA. Tournament. But we won. That's what matters. And that okay? is important We part. won in advance. Survive in advance. That's what it's all about. Joining us now to help us uh, with another reality check and to bring some positive energy and good vibes into studio is Dilji Taylor, BYU women's track and field coach, cross-country coach. So great to have you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. I love the tweet that you sent out this morning uh, from your Twitter account. At uh, I want you to say how, the, the, how you want this Twitter handle uh, sounding. So how, what, what is the backing between your, behind your Twitter handle? Oh, D. Dosange Taylor. Yeah. That's my maiden name. Okay. Dosange. Dosange. Yeah. Okay. There you go. You said, I miss standing on the track, three stopwatches in hand, watching my women pour sweat into their dreams. Keep sweating in solitude, ladies. We will be together again. Hashtag BYU run for her. How often do you feel emotions like those described in that tweet? Well, I think the last week has just been a little bit of just trying to process it all. And this morning when I woke up, it's starting to really hit me that um, this is going to be our new normal for a while. And so, yeah, I just miss those women. You have, you have a, a, a great attitude and a positive attitude. How difficult is it to maintain that where people are looking to you for that during something like this? How, how difficult is it to, to keep that up? I have to choose to be that way every day. Um, I think inside I'm hurting, and I think I think all of us are hurting to some extent, right? And um, on this path that I've been on, it's kind of been filled with a lot of hurt and a little bit of hope. And I feel like just the last couple of days, I'm at the fork of the road where I can choose to continue just down the hurt road, or I can be hopeful. And I'm I'm choosing to be hopeful um, so that my women are hopeful. Follower at D. Dosange Taylor. And don't you forget it on the Twitter machine. Dilji Taylor is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Um, I, I know it's like pouring salt in the wound, but you're on pace to win a couple of national titles probably. Your distance medley relay team was doing unprecedented things within the program. You have a star in Whitney Orton who's probably going to win a national title. How do you help those teams out of this funk? Yeah, we focus a lot on the process, and I think in sports it's sometimes tough to not focus on the outcome, but what we have taught them is let's focus on the journey, and we did a lot of great things in the process this year. I mean, top 10 boards, breaking school records left and right, ranked number one in the DMR, ranked number one uh, in the 3K, women choosing to give up individual events to just go all in and win a national title, Um, putting women on the line that have the confidence and the faith that, hey, I'm going to go win this thing. Uh, it's a tough thing to do, and it's taken us a culmination of years to get there. Um, but I don't want to lose sight of the process. The process is what made us great, and I enjoyed every one of those moments. Um, it's hard to look at those women and think about the opportunity that they missed because um, they, they were going to do something really special and bring something special back to Provo. And um, I'm just really proud of, of what they did to get to that point. And that's what we can celebrate right now. Absolutely. And there is, you, obviously, you can see your passion and how emotional this whole situation has been. Everybody kind of had their moment when it became official and you get the word. Your moment just happened to go viral. Uh, and you guys were on the track when the NCAA made the, the decision that the sports were going to be suspended. 
there you were on camera talking to your team on the track. What was that moment like for you? Well, the whole day leading up to that moment, you understand, we flew out on Wednesday. We did a workout Wednesday on the track. We visualized what was going to happen Friday night on the track. We come back Thursday. It's 24 hours before, you know, the first event. We're on the track. And there's been words, just just rumors that this possibly could happen. But when we got the official word, it was, I just felt like I needed to bring the women together and just tell them how proud I was. Um, and really just control the controllables and, and to not let them give up on their dreams. Um, it, you work a lifetime for that moment. And, and, you know, other coaches have come on here and shared, I feel, for Pope with the men's basketball team. Women, I mean, men's volleyball, they've had a phenomenal season. So, yeah, that, that one shining moment in March, um, that's, that's what you work for. It's what you sacrifice for. And um, to, not even, to not even be able to watch them get on the line um, – we're in the arena. We're literally you're, you're in there. the arena you're in there. Albuquerque. And to have to say that. And again, I had to compose myself and hold it together. And that's such a tough thing to do. I'm not really a crier as it is, even though I'm like on the brink of breaking down right now. Um, but in that moment that I spoke with them, I, I needed them to just process it the right way. And then, of course, I walked into a corner and just kind of had a breakdown. Yeah. Uh, I really feel for them and they're not going to get that moment back. Um, and that's a hard thing to process. Now in that paradigm, you still have to balance the, Oh my gosh, look at everything that's happening in the world. But your life is so centered on helping your athletes who have come specifically to BYU to be the best and reach for the best. So how do you balance the big picture with, okay, this is my paradigm as well at BYU. Yeah, I think over the last couple of days or this last week, being home and seeing what's happening globally has has helped me kind of process that. But it doesn't take away from my whole purpose in life is to empower these women. Uh, I get empowered by empowering them. And to have that taken away or just put on hold has has been hard. And I think it's okay to be vulnerable and say that this is a really hard thing we're going through. I'm going to be hopeful and optimistic, um, but I'm going to hurt. And 18 years, I grew up in this house with my family, and in, above our kitchen was this plaque, and I never understood it the entire 18 years that I was there because life was, was easy uh, in comparison to what we're going through now. But it, it was a serenity prayer, prayer, and it just said, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And for some reason, that thing this week has just been on my mind. And I keep thinking about that. It's like, okay, let's control the controllables. We can't change this. Um, and we just have to stay hopeful and positive. Um, I never even knew what those words meant growing up. I read them. They were in the kitchen every day. Um, but they speak to me on a pretty high level right now. And so, um, we're not in control right now. And that's tough because as athletes and coaches, we take pride in being in control of our lives. We control our mileage. We control how much we sleep, what we eat, uh, when we go to practice, how fast we run. But right now we have zero control and it's determined by things that are outside of, of us and bigger than us. And so um, from a global standpoint, I know we're doing the right thing and I'm hopeful that this will pass quickly. But internally it hurts. Well, an earthquake in Utah doesn't help us uh, with no, the No, it's like I moved of- – we're not in control. We're no. so not in control. <laughs> and I moved from California. I thought I got away from that. Um, so, yeah, 
just tough times all around. It's been it's been a tough week to process. And I think if you can stay positive, and sport teaches us that, right? Like that is the best thing that we get from sports is learning how uh, to be resilient, to be relentless and hopeful and, and go through these hard things and come out better. And so I, I'm really optimistic that we are going to come out better from this. It's just we have to do it the right way while we're in it and just make sure that we remain that positive uh, mindset. So how does the, the announcement that the NCAA, with the spring sports at least, are going to get those, some eligibility back? How, how does that change things for you guys for next year? Well, I think I'm not really – I met with the team on Friday, and we have a couple seniors. I, I don't know what it looks like for them. It's tough here at BYU sometimes with the women's sports to have some married women. Erica Burke has a child. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what that looks like for them, and it would be unfair for me to expect them automatically to just finish out their eligibility. Uh, so that's another unknown. We have Olympic trials this summer. I don't know what that looks like. We're kind of just on pins and needles waiting to see what's going to happen there. But I'm hopeful that that things will work out and living with gratitude and just being grateful for what these women have given to this program. When I look back at that, what we've accomplished over not just this year, but the last four years, these women built this thing. And um, I have to I have to find I have to find the good in and just live with gratitude and just be grateful. I think that's going to help all of us just get through it. It's interviews like this that make me grateful that I can come to my job each and every day. You've helped us feel better and want to be better. So thank you for coming into Studio B. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. You know I bring gifts. So you guys got a little tailor-made beanie, always some self-promotion. Oh, yes. okay. wow. And then a little bit of Lysol, which I should have just sprayed that before. I don't know how you, know, you got you guys, this because this stuff this is, is so liquid hard. gold, okay? Liquid gold right now. So enjoy, enjoy. Stay thank healthy. You. Stay healthy. Happy. Thank yeah. you very much. I want to disinfect my microphone during oh, the break. So yeah, I'm just there dis- you go. I'm do that. Okay, a little bit more. Oh, dude. You're right. This, this is like, this is liquid gold. Thank you so much. I, usually I bring acai bowls, but everything is closed. So <laughs> here we better. go. Here Even we go. Even better. Thank you so much, All Coach. right. Thanks for having me. All right. Coming up, a rise and shout out to a very impressive group. We need to address the Jimmer as a 16 seed in the greatest of all time bracket. Come ridiculous. on, man. It's ridiculous. BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. We got our liquid gold Lysol from (laughs) Diljeet Taylor, some new beanies to go along with it. What an amazing interview. She mentioned the word vulnerable. That was incredible how she opened up to us about what she's going through and what her team's going through. Yeah, that's a, that's such a, a great uh, and unique perspective to get from just just a situation that, you know, it's just unprecedented. We, every, everybody's navigating this for the first time, so it's great to have her on. We appreciate her coming on. And you can download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. It's time to play Too High or Too Low, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. And, Jason, let's start here. Too high or too low? It can't actually go any higher or better in this one. <laughs> Danny Ainge's... One end of the floor to the yeah, other. Coast to coast. against Notre Dame to beat the Fighting Irish is a number one seed. What do you think about that in the March Madness moment? Okay, so just for clarification, there it, you have to say too high or too low, or can you say right on? No, you can say right on if you'd like. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's right on. Look, there are certain plays 
in college basketball that are synonymous with the NCAA tournament. This is one of those plays. On every highlight reel of the greatest plays of all time in college basketball, this is always on it. I have no problem with it being the number one seed. Oh, it's in every open yes. to the March Madness tournament. Uh, whenever they start it every yes. year, you see this play. It's just right. Oh, what a great moment at the Omni in Atlanta. All right. Too high, too low. Jimmer's Gonzaga game is a 10 seed in the same bracket. Uh, he needs to have a better seed here. Jimmer mania. Uh, and I know that they're referencing the Gonzaga game specifically, but just everything surrounding him, the pageantry, being college basketball's best player, winning it like four different categories. Jimmer needs to be at least a single-digit yes. seed here, a 10 seed. What? Nobody wants to take on the 10 seed Jimmer. Look, they were a three seed in that going into that tournament. I happened to be at that game, so I, it was unbelievable. I agree with you 100%. At minimum, it needs to be a single-digit seed at minimum. So I say it is too low. Hey, watch make a Cinderella run. All right, last one. Too high, too low, or just right. And here's one that you can't go lower on, Jason. Jimmer Fredette, a 16 seed in the ESPN College Basketball's Greatest Players bracket, matched up with number one seed Christian Leitner. Okay, look, this is way too low, and it is ridiculous that Jimmer has to face Christian Leitner as a 16 seed. 16 seeds are the teams that are just happy to be in there, okay? They're the teams that everybody expects to lose. Maybe Jimmer's UMBC, Jason. Look, give me a break. And you've got you've got guys like Trey Young, who was a one and done in one game in the NCAA tournament, ranked higher than Jimmer. Yeah, yeah. Are come you on. kidding come, me? Come on, come on. Way too low. Ridiculously low. All right, I, I agree. <laughs> Sixteen seed. Let's go Retrievers. Knock off the number one seed, Christian Leitner. How much do you really hate Christian Leitner, College? We're going to find out. Our question of the day, how do you feel about BYU moving on in a fictional NCAA tournament? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Melman Mark, self-quarantined adult in the room on Twitter. He'd say, I'm totally stoked, but that would be fiction. Mm. <laughs> Play on words. I like it. See what you did there. Well done. Today's rise and shout out a combined effort, Jason. Yeah. Um, to all of BYU Sports Nation, viewers, listeners, Thank you for hanging in there. Hopefully, we've been able to give you some sort of release, relief, as uh, everything around is a little chaotic right now. Yeah, it takes a lot of people to make this show happen, and uh, we're grateful to you watch it. Also, I'd like to add our friends in California who are dealing with unprecedented circumstances and are on lockdown. Stay safe out there on the West Coast. And don't forget our BYU Sports Nation crew who've been here and made oh, everything incredible. possible. It's unbelievable, especially Ben Bagley. Our thanks to today's guests, Harvey Unga and Dilji Taylor. Yeah, conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Dilji Taylor. See you on Monday.